Fact or fiction, truth or fairy tale, we all have a story to tell. Welcome to Storyteller Station, dedicated to sharing stories for all who love to hear them and encouraging others to tell their stories with the belief in the power of story to change a person and ultimately change the world. I'm Sarah Fenland Falk, independent author, boy mom, entrepreneur, and your host on the Storyteller Station podcast. Welcome back to Storyteller Station. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope that whenever and wherever you're listening to this, that it is a beautiful day in your neighborhood. It was a beautiful day here today. We had sunshine, and it was warm, and I liked it. Well, it was 23 degrees outside, but I could actually feel the warmth warmth from the sun, and that, that makes a difference, y'all, and it felt great. So anyway, um, earlier this year, actually like a few weeks ago, so at the end of January, I was able to, I had the pleasure of interviewing an Australian child and teen author, Elena Page. And um, we were able to have a conversation about her creative process, her books, the way she thinks about writing and um, being an author. She has a number of books, including a, a few series, a magician series, Evie Everyday Witch series, and a new series called The Farron Chronicles. She's also working on a nonfiction work called Creative Genius at Play. So we have a lot to look forward from Elena. Even, even in 2020, um, you'll hear her talk a little bit about what she's working on and her plans for the year. But if you are a child, a teen, or a parent of either, I would encourage you to check out Elena Page. That's E-L-E-N-A-P-A-I-G-E dot com. And I hope that you will enjoy our conversation. This is a two-part series. So here is part one of my interview with Elena Page. Enjoy. One last note before I send you to the interview. Um, we were having technical difficulties, so you will find that this interview has a very abrupt beginning. I was rushing into the interview so that we could get a conversation in before our call was dropped or something. So um, forgive the abrupt intro, but here we go. said either Elena or Elena works, but I want to know, what does your mother call you? Ah, well, see, that's a bit of a story, right? Oh, (laughs) my. Because this is the storyteller station. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So tell us a story. (laughs) Well, it's Elena is is how it's said in Greek. So that is the pronunciation because my background is a Greek background. I was born in Australia but to migrant Greek parents. So I'm first generation Australian born. Wow. And the funny thing is that my I essentially went by the English version, which is Helen. And for wow. year, that's how I grew up. So it was Helen. And even my parents, instead of calling me, Elena or Eleni, which is another version, 
they would call me Helen, you know, with an accent, of course. So it's not Helen, it's Helen with mm-hmm. a Greek accent. And <laughs> and I, when I went to Greece and everyone would call me Eleni or Elena, I just loved that. So when I started writing stories, I said, I'm going to change my name for, you know, this personality of me. It's still my name, but I always secretly loved to be called that. And so they call me Helen still. They refuse to start calling me Eleanor, but nonetheless. (laughs) (laughs) And my friends are always confused. Do we call you Eleanor or do we call you Helen? What are we allowed to do? (laughs) Uh, and but I do actually really love the way Americans say Elena. So there's a it's that's a you know another story again. I love when they go when you go Elena. I think it sounds sort of more romantic pronunciation. It, it is romantic, <laughs> but yeah. Elena is beautiful too. I really right. love it. Yeah. yeah. So either so or, pretty. I'm all good, and yeah, it's I'm very flexible. I don't take offense. <laughs> Okay, well, that's good. I just wanted to be authentic, you know, like, yeah, for I didn't sure. want to use my American accent here. I wanted to, yeah, no, that's very, to call very you what you want you. to be called. <laughs> that's very kind, very thoughtful. Thank you. <laughs> well, I am, I'm just so excited to finally be talking to you. You and I met on social media and Um, have just kind of been communicating back and forth that way. And I was so thrilled when you said you would be willing to talk with me a bit for the podcast. So I really appreciate that. Oh, thank you for having me. I think it's such a wonderful thing that you run this podcast. And of course, storytelling is our absolute, I'm going to say our absolute passion. Of course it is. Yes. And there's nothing more exciting than getting together with a fellow storyteller and just talking all about it. We could do it all day, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I'm really excited because you recently, um, I guess we could say, quote unquote, quit your day job to become a full-time storyteller. Isn't that right? I did. I did. Look, I'll be honest. I have a few clients who I was joking the other day. My, my husband said, you've technically quit. Why did you just say yes to that person? And I said, <laughs> oh, I know, but they're having a nervous breakdown and, you know, oh. like, <laughs> but, um, you know, financially speaking, yes, I quit in March of 2019, uh, which was, yeah, quite, quite a surreal moment because it was really the the energetic mental emotional spiritual financial stepping out of one career that I've been doing for you know 20 years and really seeing myself and being that full-time author so even though I have been sneaking secretly a few clients uh, that has been mainly because of their high need and you know I've been doing it for 20 years so it's it's really going to take a little bit of transition time to sort of say go somewhere else (laughs) Um, Right, right right yeah and so for for many of the people who listen to this podcast they know that I am a mental health therapist but right. they don't know that you were a mental health therapist and Correct. we, you and I just have, we have so much in common. I've been doing it for about 18 years now. Wow. So I'm just a, a couple of years behind you. <laughs> oh, I probably rounded up 
to be honest, Sarah. So I'm, okay. I'm always, you know, I'm an exaggerator because of my storytelling tendencies. So well, I've probably, it's go. probably been 18 years for me too. Okay. <laughs> so when did you start writing or when did you start kind of telling stories? What kind of triggered your creativity in that way? If you had, if you had told me that I would become a fiction writer, I would have laughed, like really, really, <laughs> really laughed because I know this sounds crazy, but I thought that fiction writers were born, not made. I mean, how mm. can somebody write a story like that? They have to be born like that, don't they? <laughs> so it was quite by accident. It was essentially because I'm a therapist and I'm, I'm also a meditation teacher and a qigong practitioner so qigong is oh my goodness yeah you and i both right get out oh my gosh okay (laughs) that is the coolest it is cool (laughs) if only you were up the street we could like so get together (laughs) we absolutely would we would just have to (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you know like like you i i'm very open-minded and you know whatever works for people and so you know having initially studied psychology and gone into counseling and all of that perspective the frustration of the things that I was taught at at university or college as you would say not really working and having people coming back over and over again with the same exact problems never quite healing led me to, you know, some more, I don't want to use the word alternative, I think holistic, um, mm-hmm. you know, these other cultures that have different ideas. I'm, I, I believe that everything is an experiment, <laughs> everything. Yeah. I say to my, even to my clients, you, this is an experiment and it may yeah. work, <laughs> you know, and it may not. And I think even storytelling, I see it in the same way. It's an experiment. You're writing a story. And it may work and it may not, but that's mm-hmm. the beauty of it. And uh, so essentially I wrote some meditations uh, and I called them meditation adventures for my own children. And that was really the only reason I ever wrote a story to begin with, which they wouldn't sleep very easily. Um, my son has problems concentrating and focusing and he would be quite hyper at bedtime And when I would read him meditations that were really calm and soothing, it just didn't work. It would actually make him kind of worse. You know, he's like, I don't want to imagine nice things in my mind, you know. Right. So so essentially I used the kind of uh, like a a pace-pace lead technique where you come in kind of at their level, the meditation adventures for kids which is what I ended up calling it they're quite they're quite sort of hyper too they're very imaginative and very like we're going places and we're doing fun stuff and and I found that that actually calmed him down in a way that Mm. calm meditations didn't because he would be almost enticed invited to focus through his imagination Sure. 
And it was this sort of magical thing. And then, you know, those led me to, hold on, I want to write a real piece of fiction. That was a healing piece of work, you know. And I just kept going and kept going. And uh, I think it's been three and a half years later now. And the kids are much older and now put themselves to sleep without many problems at all. (laughs) And how uh... many books later is that? Three years later? Right, right. Right. Yeah. Well, let's let's round up, which is my tendency to four to four years. Let's do <laughs> Your that. Your story, tell it, tendency. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, twenty-one books later, it's uh, wow. it's been yeah. I'm a bit slower these days because I'm writing middle, mostly middle grade novels or younger okay. middle grade, but nonetheless, yeah. Yeah, so now I think I've kind of moved. I've still got the healing tendency. My stories will still touch upon things that might yes. that other stories may not touch upon. Sure. But you know that I can officially call myself a, a storyteller, not a, a mental health specialist. There you are. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I haven't gotten into the magician's world yet your magician stories right but i i know i like chia oh good (laughs) yeah the Farron chronicles thank Um, you yeah yeah it's just you're you're invested in your characters the reader is invested in your characters from the start and i i love that (laughs) oh that's lovely feedback you know i I am still learning. It's absolutely still a learning process for me to be able to get that story the way that I want it to be. It's I don't see myself as there yet in any way, shape or form. Sure, sure. But it's I, I do very much, and I have always done this, you won't find any stories in my drawer. You know, there's a lot of uh, storytellers that are like, that one will never see the light of day. I am all about um, putting yourself out there and sharing the story, even if my craft isn't perfect yet. Because, you know, to be absolutely honest with you, it, it took me probably 15 of those 18 to 20 years to become a good therapist. Sure. But that doesn't mean that I, I wasn't a valid and useful therapist in my first or second or third year of practice, yeah? Sure, right. And I see yeah. writing the same way. So the story may not be perfectly crafted, but it does have a message and it does have a transformation and it does have an adventure and it does have <laughs> fun. And so why not share it? And I find kids aren't as um, critical of stories as perhaps the grown-ups are. So I, sure. I, I appreciate the kind words and I'm, you know, at the same time growing and changing as a writer. And I love that process. I wouldn't short-circuit it even if I could. Right. Yeah, it, we're always growing and changing. And so it just makes sense that as we practice – it's going to, our, our works will progress and right. change as well. And so oh, I know I'm not supposed to ask you questions because it's your podcast. But well, I'm, please do. Good, good. <laughs> thank you. I want to know how, how you found the process of writing 
your first middle grade series of which you've done three books that you've released so far. How was that for you? Yeah, I started writing nonfiction. I've journaled my whole life. And so I never thought about actually writing a fiction novel, except maybe as a middle schooler, I would write my own romance <laughs> novels. Nice. But <laughs> uh, one summer afternoon or one summer evening, my nieces asked me to tell them a goodnight story. And so I sat down with them and I told them a story about an invisible castle and talking horses and princes and princesses. And when I left that room, I thought, hey, <laughs> that, could be a, that could be a book. That, that could be a oh, series. Amazing. And so yeah, there it was. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And did you take to it like a duck in water or did you find it was challenging? I, I, it came very naturally. And I think because my sons, I have four sons and at the time had my two nieces um, that were the main characters in the book. So I could take, you know, kind of build into who they are as real people and make them come alive, my characters come alive, just based on the real people. So it was fun. <laughs> it's oh, I been love fun. that. That's amazing. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. What a what a beautiful legacy to leave them as well. Love that. Thank you. Yeah, that's why I I just feel so like you... I have to focus on. You know, I want to focus on this and and finish that series. So. Yeah. So you're hooked. You're now. I'm are hooked. you now officially a fiction writer? Yes. 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 Indeed. Yeah. Oh, love it. Love it. Yeah. Fabulous. Now I see you have a nonfiction work in in the queue, correct? I do. I do. I do. I have written a nonfiction uh, before. In uh, So when I worked as a therapist, I worked under the name Helen Page. So I was Helen then. Uh, and uh, so I've, I have written a couple of nonfiction books under under her brand, I suppose. Okay. And but now, as as Eleanor Page, I'm I'm really, really, really passionate about the topic of creativity in and of itself, and where it comes from, and yeah. <laughs> how to rocket fuel it, yeah. and and ultimately, uh, I remember being at a at a workshop and I might've been the person running it possibly. <laughs> I, I think I was. And one of the things that I do at my, or I used to do when I used to run workshops is that I would actually participate as a participant. So even though I am the facilitator, I'm still sort of taking part because we would always do things in a circle. And that's just that sort of respect that we're all kind of equal and we're all in on this together yeah. and that I'm not any further ahead really we're all just trying to figure out life and, and work on ourselves and grow as people. And one of the questions that came up one time was, you know, if you could just be anything, what would you be? Really just anything. And I was so surprised that what came out of my mouth, and this was, you know, maybe eight years ago, I said, I want to be a creative genius. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, oh, my gosh, do I? Do I want to be a – I didn't know this. <laughs> That's awesome. 
So, yeah, I'm sort of unpacking that and it's it's like you, going to probably take a lot of journaling and a lot of figuring out and reading other creative books, but I really want to unpack and I, I've called the book Creative Genius at Play because I think you need the play part. That's right. And just, yeah, unpacking what each of those words really means and what would happen if they all came together, you know? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I just love that. I think we'll that's great. And I I always say, you know, creativity heals or art heals. And I think that creativity, not to psychologize too much, but I, I think that creativity allows us to kind of step outside of ourselves in some ways and just, so does. just be rather than having to do. And yep. sometimes I, I think, you know, even you and I, here we are talking as therapists, we probably both could talk about times where we, well, you have already uh, mentioned that people are stuck sometimes and they just keep coming back and never seem to break free um, or heal completely. And so I think that creativity maybe can provide that a space where, you know, they it's not about you know, doing the homework that your therapist gives you, but it's just about being who you are. And there's a little more freedom maybe in some of that. Totally. Totally. (laughs) I feel like if, you know, every single client that ever walks, no, just the secret ones that walk in from now on, I will say, listen, you don't need this session. Go write a book. Yeah. (laughs) Go paint. Tell your story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. So you, you're continuing to tell stories and it's clear that your mission in storytelling is to help people heal. So what, I mean, where do you get your inspiration from and, and like, how do you, what's your story making process from like little light bulb over your head to book? You know, I would I would actually alter that slightly to okay. I think I don't I don't want people to heal. I mean, I do want people to heal, of course, but I come from the standpoint that actually we all already are healed. Yeah. We actually already are healed. We're not we're not actually wounded trying to find our place in the world or to try to finally find peace with ourselves. And that's the deepest revelation that I had about myself that moved me in my own uh, journey in life probably the most, this understanding that I'm not broken. Mm. Sure, a whole lot of stuff happened. It happens to all of us, even if you didn't get the Christmas present you wanted. You know, three years in a row, you now have a belief system of I never get what I want, right? So it it isn't just true. It isn't just trauma that makes us a bit wonky. It's just life experiences and how we internalize what's happening to us. Yeah. But it's not necessarily that we're, that I'm unhealed. And so I, I guess the thing for me is I want people to continue to grow and we grow by knowing ourselves and by being our individual self. And the individual self, like my individual self, might be very different than your individual self. 
so for example, in the splendid secrets of 66 Lily Pilly Lane, it's quite a mouthful, mm-hmm. the main character, Chia, she needs to discover how to finally put herself first and make it all about her. Now, I, it's interesting. I got this review pretty early on and it was a professional review that said, like, this story is terrible. This author is teaching people to be selfish. Mm. And that may be true for some people because, you know, for, I'm, I'm going to say for you, dear listener, you may have a life purpose or when you look into yourself, your journey in this experience of life may be to finally learn how to put your own needs aside and look after other people, right? Right. But, for example, and Chia is very much based on me as a person, right? In my lifetime, I've always put everybody else first. Mm -hmm. It's always been about helping and healing and are you all right? Do you need anything? How about you, (laughs) right? Right. And, right, and in fact... I know because of my deep meditation and the processes that I've done that that almost like my life purpose is to finally put myself first. Now, there will never be a danger that I will become selfish because I'm like it's born in me to always help others. But when I sacrifice myself over and over again for the good of others, it's a bit like handing them their, that air support on the aeroplane before I've put mine on. I was just thinking that. Yeah, right. I get that. And that's, mm-hmm. that's one of my life lessons, right? right? It may not be somebody else's. So that book's not going to connect with everyone. But, you know, I want to be able to help kids tap into that so that they don't have to wait till they turn 40 to discover who they are. That's kind of why I aim at that target age and in some ways give them quite big concepts, concepts that, you know, in some, in many ways, like I said, I didn't get till I was in my 40s, mm-hmm. they can maybe start to go, hold on a minute, do I actually have to, you know, rescue everybody else in this lifetime or maybe I really am here to express who I am, you know, that person who is meant to be the next famous artist, they have to be a little bit about themselves, actually. They have to be a little bit focused more on, no, I need to put me first here, self-care rather than always having to put other people um, first. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You, you You can't continue to give if you're dry, if you don't have anything to give, you know. Right. But there'll be a whole, you know, set of the population who perhaps are really self-focused and their purpose in this lifetime is hey enough about you you need to get out and actually do and one of the things that confuses me or did confuse me was for many years I would listen to the gurus and the experts telling me how I was supposed to be and how I'm you know how I'm supposed to what I'm supposed to do to be successful or to be to find my happiness or to find my healing. And I started to realize that everybody's only talking from their own perspective. And that perspective is very, very valid. But the only perspective that I can really go from is my own. What's my inner guide telling me to actually do? And 
therefore each of my characters will probably be completely different in each of my books yeah. some of them you know and that's that's kind of what I'm aiming to do sort of cover the whole gamut of people in life I suppose So that is it. That is the first part of my conversation with Elena Page. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope there was something in there that you can take away with you for the next couple of weeks, something that inspired you or encouraged you to just start writing or to think differently about yourself as Elena has and as I have. You know, sometimes we have these mis- conceptions in our mind of what um, what a certain role should look like or what we you know just expect even from ourselves that is just unrealistic but if we would just kind of let go of those expectations and kind of just explore what we're capable of we often surprise ourselves so I just encourage you to be brave to explore and let go of those expectations see what you're capable of see what you you know what's inside your heart and soul to create and to do and to enjoy in your life so please come back to storyteller station every other monday and the next episode is going to be the conclusion of this conversation with elena page and she gets into what she's working on a little bit more now um, in the next section and we'll be telling you more about her books. Um, It was just really great to hear how she kind of evolved into uh, full-time writing and again I hope that you found it encouraging and inspiring and hope to see you again soon here on Storyteller Station. Until next time, happy writing!